instead of having you do it, it could be like, you know, hey, Mark, could you give me a couple quick thoughts? They plug that in, turn that into five posts that sound exactly like you, the way you speak, the things that you get excited about. And it's a, a way for you to be artificially authentic. Like right. I like calling it. Welcome to Elements of Styles, the business podcast that trades in scarce thinking for community, conversation, and ideas in abundance. Each week, I, Mark Styles, sit with professionals and entrepreneurs, both local and global, and learn how they each add value to their communities, their partners, and their teams. Please enjoy. Hey, folks, welcome back to Elements of Styles. Today, I am grateful to have a third-time guest. This is the first third-time guest we've ever had here on the show. This is, in my opinion, the most important person in residential real estate right now in the United States of America. He's a speaker. He's an influencer. He's a thought leader. He's been on stages such as Alta One. He's been quoted in places like Housing Wire. This guy is always seeing the future. He's looking into that crystal ball and helping guide us to where the next move is going to be in the residential real estate space here in the United States. He recently landed a new job. So folks at the real estate school at 892, listen up. He took a national job with the Fidelity families, one of the title insurance underwriters that we work with. And he is on their national team and located out of the Boston office. So we're going to see a lot of this guy coming soon. And I think you may remember him as El Paso Sam. What's up, Sam? What's going on? I was getting excited. I was like, oh my gosh, who is he having on today? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I disagree with uh, almost everything you just said. None, all factual. I appreciate it. All factual. Uh, a third time caller, long time listener. Yes. Excited to be here. So great. So let me ask you this. Alta One puts you on stage. What are you sharing with the title industry? Alta, folks, uh, for those listening who aren't sure what that additional acronym is to your bowl of soup of acronyms, it's America Land Title Association, which is one of the uh, lobbyists, one of the big overseers of the title, the residential and, and commercial title industry. So he was asked to speak at that conference this year up on stage. I think it was a keynote. He'll probably brush that off. However, I'm sure it was amazing. What did they have you talking about with the audience though? So that was uh, that was really cool. I got to partner up with a buddy of mine, Bill Zaboda, who is a, a founder and <clears throat> partner with a company called Close Simple out of Minnesota, don't you know? And oh. they're kind of streamlining the, the uh, consumer to title to lender uh, collaboration closing process, which is really cool. And, uh, you know, it's funny cause I, I love stats cause I'm a nerd, you know that. And I was, we were looking at something and there's two, there's a stat and a quote that I used as kind of a foundation for part of that presentation, which by the way, we created a title company for Snoop Dogg from scratch live in like five minutes. So I'll have to show it to you. Um, but one was 86% of Fortune 500 CEOs in the United States consider AI a mainstay of their future operations. So let's just round that up, like nine out of every 10 Fortune 500. So I wonder where that other like 10%, where the hell are they, by the way, but nine out of 10. Oh, this AI it, thing, it's not going to work. It's, it's never going to stay. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. There's always the, man, you look at the numbers, by the way, like uh, at companies that were in the S&P 500 or publicly traded companies like 80 years ago that exist now. And there's like five. So I think that's what happens, right? They're like, nah, this isn't yeah. going to happen. Like blockbusters right. are going where, you know, what so, interweb, so what is this interweb you speak yes. of? Yes. This, this email sounds very sketchy. What is that but, dialing up thing? <laughs> man, I miss the noise though. Mm. Um, so, so 80%, 86% of CEOs say it's a mainstay. And then, uh, you know, I think in every other industry, it's funny because we're we live in our own space in our industry, and that's how we make a living, and that's what we're passionate about, and that's where we we serve our clients gratefully and and as robustly as possible. So we live there, but we end up comparing ourselves to our space, and I think we should be comparing ourselves to other spaces, right? So when I see a stat like that, that nearly ninety percent of all Fortune five hundred CEOs say this is here, it's real, it's not going anywhere. Double down, use it, figure out how it works for you, your industry, your business in a in a meaningful way, and maybe give some time back to some people, maybe give some opportunity to have a life outside of work, especially in our space, you know, and so 
that that led into a quote that I saw in the Harvard Business Journal. It was like an MIT Harvard collaborative uh, article a while back, and it said, "AI won't take your jobs; people who use AI will take your jobs." Ah, uh, such a great line! It's yeah, such a great line. So good, and it's so true. You know, are there concerns about it? Yeah. Is it kind of like nerve wracking to think that some like machine could eventually become so powerful and so intellectually advanced that we have a hard time controlling it. Yeah, that's kind of concerning. But at the same time, is it absolutely amazing to think that, you know, in our space, for example, in the title space and real estate world, like maybe you don't have to go into the office on Saturday morning. Maybe you don't have to stay till eight and miss Timmy's T-ball game, right? Like, like maybe you, you can have a little time back. Maybe you, in a difficult market like now, don't have to stress about hiring an extra person. You might be able to get some extra productivity out of yourself and your team using it. So I think there's tons of opportunities, and we use kind of the fear of it, right? Like this, it's going to take our jobs, right? And then also the mass adoption on a broader scale to meld those things together to say, hey, guess what, title space? Like, I know we researched the past, inherently living therefore in the sales and marketing past as well in some ways an operational past um but let's talk about some cool things we can do with it and so that's what we did it was really exciting and fun and and uh, i think people got a lot out of it and uh, i got to give kudos to bill zaboda uh who you know did a ton of the legwork on a video we put together and and i mean it was it was a ton of fun but it was something unlike uh most people had seen there i think if you were walking at the Broadmoor, which is unbelievable, by the way, if you've ever been there. Oh, my gosh. Never. Um, if you were walking down the hall in the conference center at the Broadmoor and heard, like, Snoop Dogg blasting from one room and heard, like, somebody else talking about, like, changes in commitments or something in another room, it was it was kind of a pretty big <laughs> No <topic>. brainer. <laughs> it, was, well, it was a lot of fun. I mean, there's a place for both, for sure. But I know what I know and I know what I don't know. And I don't know enough to be in that other room. So yeah. I was in, I was in the Snoop Dogg room. Well, it's also where do you want to be, right? Like there's people who really want to embrace that. And you, you can't feel guilty because you don't want to. Like somebody really wants to do that. That You know, I was talking with somebody about this, you know, the elevate, delegate to elevate, right? Fire yourself from as many things as you can to keep going. And don't worry about it. There's yeah. someone there that wants to do that and find that right person, right seat and go. Question for you, Bill Zaboda. What was the company that he is with? Uh, Close Simple. Yeah, it's a it's a really cool, very intuitive, and very forward thinking product that mends the gap between uh, you know home buyers and sellers and the title company, involving everybody in kind of collaborative effort. There's a cool uh, web based app and an application alone. It's it's a really cool product. Uh, they're based out of out of uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota, awesome, yeah. t- good people. Uh, and he's a marketing mind in our space that I think is really, um, really much needed, but also much appreciated. He's a, he's a great guy. I can't wait to check it out. I assume it's closesimple.com. I believe so. Yes, okay. sir. Or dot yeah. AI now, maybe it's dot AI. So should have bought that for sure. I bought I want- uh, El Paso Sam, by the way, recently. Oh, good. Uh, just because I was good. like, you know, yeah. Good, good. But it should belong to you. No, no, you're going to own that. You're going to own that bigly stage guy. I love it. Here comes El Paso, Sam. Now I want to get back to, um, you know, that dynamic between utopia and dystopia with AI, right? So I did a podcast, actually an episode with my son. He did a capstone on this for his senior year of high school last year. He's a freshman now. And he brought this to our attention with the Dr. Joe show, this dystopia utopia, like there's, where's the middle of this? Um, as we build toward that utopia, because I'm an optimist by nature, as we build towards that utopia of efficiency, I was at a presentation recently, which kind of blew me away. The full on takeaway was I've been working on chat GPT 3, 3.5, and now uh, GPT 4. And I've been going down the rabbit holes. I've been doing all the discovery. I've been doing everything. You know, he's a marketing person. And we created in 18 months, 30% efficiency. We, we, we tracked it. We did all the metric KPI, all of it, 30%. And rather than eliminating 30% of our workforce, we split it in half of 15% R&D, 15% process perfection. And we, we doubled down and said, okay, if you're working 40 hours, then this is how many hours you're going to be doing on this focused 
research and we're going to keep force multiplying this. And that was an eye opener for me to say, okay, there is no fear to this. This is efficiency. This is, and he showed this, um, it was really, it was really interesting. He showed these, you ever see those? And I know folks are listening to this, so you can't see, but picture, if you will, the 1800s and a, somebody in a building, a man with a suit and a tie. And it's one of those big calculators with a big like shift on it. So tick, 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 yeah. tick, wham, tick, 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 wham. And the guy says, picture a whole row of those people. Actually picture a floor, actually picture a building of people all doing that task of all day long. And now that's an Excel spreadsheet. So what happened to those people? They didn't die. They elevated, right? They found something more purposeful. One of the cool things Massachusetts is doing is if you're 25 and you haven't been to college, you can go to the community college system for free. So, hey, guess what? You get to do what you want now. Like, go get it. And for those people who are eliminating uh, you know, contributors based on economy or efficiencies or whatever, like help that landing into that location to, to, to land these human beings softly, right? These lives softly and let them do what they want to do. You know, maybe pay for the two years to, to, you know, uh, see them through that. And then maybe you're bringing them back in a different, a different seat. Right. Yeah, no doubt. I, I had somebody that works in the AI space recently tell me that, that his acronym was army of interns. For AI, right? So this idea that, you know, if you could, which most of us as small businesses, you know, couldn't, but if you could afford to have an army of interns, what would you have them doing? Mm. Right? Like, what are the tasks that, that you would that you would give them right off the bat before they knew a whole lot about the industry mm. or about whatever, you know, small business you, you own or operate or manage or whatever? Like, what are the things that you would give them? And when you start looking at it like that, it's like, from from ground up rather than top down from from bottom up it's like okay well, well what are the things i would do if i had i remember when i was a kid one of my friends moms owned an advertising agency and she'd send out mailers constantly and so during the summer and on the weekends my buddy chris rocket and i shout out chris mm. uh, anita with rocket advertising coolest last name ever by the way yep. uh, would have us sit down and address envelope and stamp mailers and she'd pay us to do it right so in today's world like maybe we're still using mailers a little bit from time to time maybe we're not i don't know but at the end of the day like what are the things that you would have little sammy t and little chris rocket do during the summer and pay him a couple dollars an hour and when you start thinking of it like that you're like oh my gosh there are all kinds of things what if i could have something instantly turn a certain type of document into another type of document you know dissect it and mail out something for me well you can absolutely do that what if i could have something you know i, I there's one now that i use for video all the time like we all have these long form videos this is a perfect example right you know i could hire a video editor to take long form video chop it up into short form which is we know what the algorithms are craving right now or I could use something like video, V-I-D-Y-O dot A-I, upload a long-form hour-long video. It figures out what the chapters should be, names them, mm. throws captions over them, throws images over them. And now an hour-long video turns into 20 bite-sized pieces of content. I was just What's talking that about- one called? Video.ai? Video, V-I-D-Y-O, video.ai. I was just talking to Sarah Supple about that yesterday. Shout out, Sarah. In Shout Massachusetts. out, Sarah. Yeah. Um, and we were talking about that because she does these title tips. And she, yesterday she did a year in review, which was really good. And I was like, oh, man, take that recording, throw it into video.ai. Now you have 10 to 20 pieces of short form content and you didn't have to replicate the, 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 the recording and you didn't have to pay somebody to chop it up that knows what they're doing. And so it's things like that, like, you know, from a marketing and sales perspective is limitless, but from an operational perspective, I mean, it's unbelievable too. You know, there's products now, I mean, anyone that knows anything about a real estate transaction that's been around for, you know, 10 or 15 years, it varies, right? Like I'm a realtor. I got to execute a contract in some States. I send it to the title company or my attorney, they dissect it, pull out the pertinent information. Maybe I have a checklist or check sheet that goes with it. So that's faster. There's AI stuff now that knows how to read those documents, pulls out all the pertinent information, throws it into production software, opens the order and orders the commitment in about 15 seconds. You know, whereas we had an order entry department with two full-time people that were hammering out by hand and once learned, these AI tools will be significantly more accurate than you or I will be, right? right? And so what can I do with those two other people? Something more exciting and valuable right. now, right? Like they can, or, or it can just be enhancing. 
And maybe that person becomes one. Maybe one of those people was a little more hungry than the other. They, they're on to something bigger and better within the company. And the other one is now a fact checker that goes through and just kind of double checks things really quick. And instead of spending 20 minutes on a contract, they spend two. They just got 18 minutes back. Multiply that by 100 in a month. And whoa, now we're talking. We have hours of time back to do other things. And so, you know, in our industry, it's not just marketing and sales stuff. That's the shiny stuff that I really like because I'm, you know, I'm not smart enough to comprehend a lot of the other stuff, frankly. But from an operational standpoint, I could be a, a donut shop in, you know, Wichita Falls and I can use AI to to enhance my operations. And and like like so one of the AIs that I've been utilizing Otter AI has shown me how many times I say like it's a it's an amazing transcriber of of Zoom calls it it's speaker yep. one speaker two. However, from cradle to grave, right? So the donut shop in downtown Situate Mass, you know, starting from the point of launch with mailers and social media presence and all of it, all the way through the exchange of currency right. to the reviews to the, all of it can be done much more efficiently now. Well, well think of, you know, the social stuff, as you know, I, I I'm, I'm so blessed to meet with you know, people like you all over the country that own and operate their own small business. And not everybody has the ability to have a full-time like marketing or salesperson. And they're like, man, I know I need to be on social and, and Google business, but I just don't have time to do it. And it's like, all right, well, what if we went into chat and described a little bit about our business and then said, create 52 mm. motivational Monday posts for social media, optimized with hashtags and emojis, had it do it drag and drop that into an Excel spreadsheet or a Google Doc, upload that into Canva batch create, use a template that's free on Canva to create a image for that, batch create all 52, schedule them out on all your social media channels. Now you have 52 weeks of content going out for you automatically for free to keep the algorithms appreciating that you're active on, 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 in the space. And now I can focus on when one of my favorite customers comes in the door, snapping a pic, with them and posting that rather than worrying about having content daily mm -hmm. and know that if I do that once every two weeks, I automatically have, you know, six, eight pieces of content a month going out, which is enough to stay active. And it cost me $0 and took me 20 minutes, you know, and I'm done for the year. Like, I mean, so, so it's stuff like that, that makes it, um, you know, it, it, would I copy and paste exactly everything? No, I mean, I want it to be me, right? Which is where something like Jasper comes into play. I don't know if you've messed around with Jasper, but Jasper I haven't. However, I'm hearing ChatGPT four can say, "Listen, do it in the voice right. of Sam Trimble." Yeah, you know, yeah. because you have all of the information that you need to understand that voice, right? Yeah, yeah, Jasper, you can upload all kinds of content, even PDFs, things you've written, things you've been quoted in, uh, video, all kinds of things to Jasper. have it. Yeah, to kind of ha have it dissect, and then you can name that person. So, you know, if I'm uh, if I'm working in a small business, perhaps that's uh, or a large business for that matter, because I see corporate like there's a lot of corporate. Uh, like large companies doing this right now, they'll take things from their founder or their president that maybe at that point in their career, their life has zero interest in being active on things like LinkedIn or Instagram or whatever, right? And they'll take that voice and create this persona and then use that to create content that of course gets, you know, generated by their team, probably by that person. But instead of having to reach out and be like, hey, Mark, you know, could you write five blogs for me about mm -hmm. the economic impacts of rate rises and drops over the last 24 months? Instead of having you do it, it could be like, you know, hey, Mark, could you give me a couple quick thoughts? They plug that in, turn that into five posts that sound exactly like you, the way you speak, the things that you get excited about. And it's a, a way for you to be artificially authentic. Like right. I like calling it, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to Inman in a few weeks and that's what I named the talk that I'm going to give uh, artificially authentic. And it's a way to, you know, if you look at these things for what they are, could you hide behind them and have it create for you a 5,000 word dissertation to graduate from, you know, your master's program with? Yeah, you could. Is that going to work in the long term? Um, no, it's not. But could you use it to spark creativity, get some ideas flowing, and turn that into a 20-hour project instead of a 60? Absolutely, you could. And so to me, that's where I see so many of the opportunities. So you can use artificial intelligence to double down on 
creating connection uh, authentically. You just have to think about it that way instead of going in and thinking of it as a cheat sheet. Yeah. Well, it, that's the that's that's exactly it, right? So as it starts to make its way into the schools, oh no, that's plagiarism. No, you know, maybe or maybe it's a rough draft to the new way we do things, right? Yeah. Because now I'm going to go be able to. And education is the same way. Now I'm going to be able to elevate to learn something more than this. Now, obviously, you need to learn the basics of everything. However, right. the calculator didn't ruin school, right? Know? Yeah, it's funny. Education is hilarious, because, not hilarious, but is is kind of interesting because it's like we, you know, the states that are ahead on higher education, uh, and I've learned this a lot through Emma lately um, at the Higher Education Coordinating Board in Austin, is, you know, the states that are ahead are looking at what does a certification even mean? What does it what does it mean to be certified to do something? And why is it only in these specific programs? You know, if you look at a kid who maybe isn't classically trained in, in one particular thing, but could shoot, edit, and optimize video in a powerful way that gets more views than any of his friends on YouTube shorts, how could we figure out a way to get him certified in something where he can make a decent living and be a contributing member of, of, of our high society that must include education, right? Like, And so what does that even mean to be educated or capable or, or certified in something? And so I think as we continue to look at what that actually means, there we are surrounded by incredibly talented people that could take something like artificial intelligence, create applications for it and, and resources that could absolutely become major contributing factors to a modern society. But 50 years ago, we would have been like, oh, that's just a hobby. Look at Sammy over there. I wish he'd find something real to do. <laughs> right. And so it's it's about redefining what those things actually are and, and recognizing that, like, as we move forward in these technologically, you know, challenging yet incredible times, what are the ways that we can use these things to actually level the playing field mm. rather than continue to create the great divide of the haves and have nots? You could be a small business in Middletown, Mass somewhere middle America, wherever you are, and use some of these things to compete with the big boys, right? I always joke about like Home Depot and Lowe's, you know, you start thinking about a ladder, you say the word out loud a couple of times, I need a new ladder, I got, you know, I got to get those Christmas lights up and going. And then all of a sudden, you start getting served up all of these ads everywhere you go online for freaking ladders. And it's usually Lowe's and Home Depot. Right. Well, using digital advertising, a little bit of AI, and some meta and Insta stuff, all of a sudden, I could be El Clavo, which is like there's a chain of – that means the hammer in Spanish. There's a Got chain it. of hardware stores in El Paso called El Clavo. If El Clavo called me, we could sit down and generate a social media retargeting campaign that could compete with Home Depot and Lowe's in El Paso very quickly for very little money. That was not possible 30 years ago. Right. That could not happen. You didn't have the budget, the time, or the capabilities to do that. Now, using some of these things, you're actually bringing up these small businesses and leveling that playing field. So when you look at it like that, it is absolutely a rising tide mentality here. You know, you can compete and use sparks of creativity to to truly put yourself at the same level in the digital commerce space or in just the PR and marketing space as these massive companies. And that's has that ever been possible before? Like, I, I don't think so. No. And it's that new frontier revolution that you feel, right? There's the internet revolution, industrial revolution, agriculture revolution, whatever it may be. And now it's the AI revolution. And you can really feel it because what you're saying, it resonates in in all spaces, right? So I've been thinking a lot about big law, you know, the big law firms, you know, how are they going to be more effective with AI? Obviously, you know, the army of interns is a great example of, you know, all of what the associates do, you know, can that be replaced with a good one prompt engineer? right? Who asks, you know, chat GP5 or whatever it is at the time, really good questions, and then hands it to the partner as opposed to spending 40 hours researching old books and shepherdizing and doing all of the things that lawyers do to make sure that that memo is perfect. Now right. we double check it at this level. Do we pass that cost on to the consumer or is Big Law going to hold that back and, and add it to the bottom line? That's a question that you know, corporate America and some of these bigger industries really have to ask because then, you know, you're M&A. Ooh, so you're untouchable. M&A, like, ooh, you got to be a big firm to do that. Well, I've got three really smart people and a bunch of computers. You know, we're going to go right up neck and neck with you now because we're niched into this 
and we're more efficient than you are, and we're way more cost effective for the consumer client. You know, this spans all industries, and and it's really, really interesting to kind of eat the popcorn and and watch how people react. Right? It was like COVID, like. How are people going to react to this? How do they want history to remember them in yeah. that moment of? Whoa. Yeah, and sometimes we're going to get it wrong. Yeah, you know, yeah. like I mean, there were things that happened during the pandemic that we all like thought we were doing the right thing, and it turns out maybe we weren't, or whatever, and things mm-hmm. that we could have done better, and whatever. And it's going to be like that with all of this. Like you're never going to be right. And if anybody ever claims to be like, I'm like, I called out. it. I called yeah. how to do COVID. Yeah. I called it. You know, run the opposite direction of exactly the moment, claim to know what they're doing and double down on the relationships with the people that are like, I don't know for sure, but we're going to yep. figure it out together. And we think it could be something really cool. And so I, I think there's going to be mistakes made. One of them, in my opinion, is that we lag behind many of the, you know, first world nation in this world on trying to make sure that we have a strategic plan for how to rein it in a little bit. Mm. It's one of those things that we were talking about a little bit on the pre-call where other things you could kind of figure it out a little bit later and be cool. This is moving so fast that like we got to kind of figure that out like yesterday, (laughs) you know. Um, But aside from that, the ingenuity that comes out with new technology is just like mind blowing. You know, every day I see some, you know, for people looking for something to kind of like help um, dissect. And let me let me make sure I get these right real quick. There's three things that I read almost every day. One of them is the AI tool report. It's like a quick bite size, five minutes a day. Here's the latest and greatest. Um, One of them. Uh, is the morning brew if you've ever yeah yeah so they have an ai and tech newsletter now which is really cool and then there's a directory of ai tools called futurepedia those are the three things that i try to consume regularly so futurepedia i mean it's literally a directory like you have a a task that you want to do like you're thinking about what that army of interns would do for you go to futurepedia search and it will show you and a lot of them are still free, right? Like that's kind of the fun part. And and if not, they're they're super affordable. Um, but Morning Brew AI and Tech Newsletter and then uh, AI Tool Report are two things that I'm getting constantly. And I'm always finding something that could be applicable to pretty much any business. But mm-hmm. obviously, I live in our space. And so, you know, the fun thing about stuff like that is taking it, seeing what other people are doing with it, and then imagining what's possible. And you know, you want to create an app for some type of, of of application within your business. There's AI tools that can help you create an, a standalone app that you could get approved on Google Play and, and the Apple Store in minutes. You know, does it take some work and some time? Yeah, to get it approved for mass consumption. But you can create apps in a matter of minutes. You could create presentation decks. You could create spreadsheets. You could turn you know, PDFs into presentations. You could turn spreadsheets into presentations. I mean, there's all these things that, I mean, I hop into chat and say, create a 52-week strategic plan to launch a new title company in El Paso, Texas, meant to double down on meaningful relationships with realtors, lenders, developers, builders, and real estate attorneys. And it will spit out something in a minute that had I walked into my first title job with that strategic plan and laid it on my boss's desk, they would have thought it was the second coming. You know, like, I just... And now I could do that in, 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 in 30 seconds and then sit down, turn it into a presentation, have it add graphics to it, and have a strategic marketing plan for the next 52 weeks that if I bob and weave and somewhat follow, I'm going to accomplish some stuff. Like, yeah. it's crazy. It's crazy. It is. It is. And it's it's that first draft. It's that unbreak the writer's block. It's the, I know what I need to do. However, can you just tell me what I need to do? Right? Yeah. And then what you do with it is... It's, it's, it's up to you. And it's, it's, it's the new frontier. I can't keep talking. It's blue skies. It's, you know, the wild west, whatever cliche you want to put around it, but there is fear. There is fear about, you know, it getting out of control. And, you know, I love the open AI concept, which is why these things are so cheap, you know, alert everybody. It's, you know, it's because of open AI and what they've done. And then there's a rattling and it's like, what happened at open AI? What did Sam say? What did Sam do? What is going on? Yeah. Is, is that dude as awesome as he seems? Because I listened to some of the podcasts that he's been on and I went into it thinking like I had a 
predisposition for mm-hmm. what he would be like. And then he started talking, and I'm like, man, I wish I could have a beer with that guy. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Why do you think you went into a predisposition of n- not going to engage, not going to connect, not going to like? Anything that massive that is also partially or completely owned by Microsoft, by the way, like, um, you know, any, but anything that massive with that much money behind it and that much power, I think we automatically have been pre-programmed to be like, uh Oh, be careful. Like, is that the media saying billionaire bad uh, B for bad, bad yeah, billionaire. It's, it's growing up in the Simpsons generation and seeing what was his name? Mr. Uh, <laughs> oh, my that my buddies will kill me if I can't remember. Oh, uh, this is very good. This mm, is very good. Mm. Right, like, you, you picture that dude. And by the way, it's funny, like how, how many things they've gotten right, but then also like uh, how many people you run into that look like that dude, by the way, like they, and they act pick, like, like him. Right? I mean, they yeah. nailed, they nailed yeah. characters, nailed um, them. Is it not uh, Mr. Uh, I'm, I'm looking it up. I can't his, his assistant it. was, was quivers or something, right? Like, yeah. uh, but, but anyway, like you, you, we were pre-programmed with that. And, and I don't know that it's intentional, but anyone with that much power, and that much money at their disposal, creating something that, you know, uh, impactful, were automatically pre-programmed to be nervous about them. And so I think that was my thing. I didn't think that it was going to be some bro that happens to be highly educated, really intelligent, relatable, and seemingly, I will say seemingly, because I do not know him and I am not in those meetings, but seemingly trying to do something that's going to change the world in a positive way. Right. So, you know, that's that's pretty cool. Um Mr. Yeah. Burns, Mr. Burns. Burns. There you go. Mr. Burns. Yeah. So we there can move on. We can move on from the list of villains on The Simpsons. They gave us the top 10 uh, villains on The Simpsons. What? And that was Google. I didn't even go hop into to chat. Um, so, so very interesting. It's so funny that you say that, though, um, about the predisposition, right? I think a lot of people have that with Elon. I think uh, if you don't listen to a long form podcast with Elon, you're never going to truly understand who he is. I think the long form podcast is absolutely going to uh, put the president of the United States in the in the office because you get to listen to to people talk at length. I'm listening right now to Lex Fridman uh, interviewing Jeff Bezos. And, oh, yeah. you know, I don't know how current it is. I think it's within the last, you know, this is where we almost Christmas time, 2023. I think it was a couple episodes ago. And I had the same feeling about Jeff Bezos. And I don't know if it's because of my affinity for Elon and all of our listeners know I'm a big Elon fan. I think he's doing what you're saying is he's his purpose is for humanity. Um and I think people, you know, are misjudging what, you know, his missions are. However, you know, he and he battles with Bezos, you know, comically, satirically, I think. Uh, however, even that little bit of prejudgment had me like, hmm, what's up with this guy? So first of all, super smart. And the brilliance of the folks that we're talking about here, you know, you t- well, Lex for one, but Elon, Jeff. Sam, you know, and and then you add a few of those other brilliant geniuses into that equation is the fact that they can simplify things. They can stop, they pause, they let the computer engine run, slow it down, and then bring it out in a way that makes sense to the masses. Well, I, you know, one of the things that I think gets really interesting there is um, we have absolutely evolved as a society when we look at people that are different from ourselves, which I think is a wonderful and a beautiful thing. And that includes people that have, you know, uh, Elon has Asperger's and has spoken openly about it and is, and is, and is obviously whatever this actually means, like, but on that, on that spectrum of an intellectual, in my opinion, an intellectual, uh, superpower and superpower. When you start looking at some of the people that have created these incredible, especially in the tech space, over the last 20, 30 years, how many of them are what we would say were like totally normal, run-of-the-mill, like guys that you'd run into at the local watering hole? Zero. Mm-hmm. The way we look at at some of these things now, I think, is so much better than we did in the past because in the past when we didn't understand any, something or someone or how their brain functioned uh, in, a, in a regular, uh, like normal conversation, we automatically uh, – put a negative connotation with it, right? We literally, you know, look look at the movie Rain Man, 
right? Like, and 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 someone that was literally a savant. And I hate the term idiot savant. That doesn't make any sense. Anymore, but it was literally a savant that that was capable of things that most people could never even fathom. And so, in the past, we would freak out and be like, "Oh, this this something's not right." And right. now it's like, look at everything really cool that's happened. Most, you know. Have you ever seen Bill Gates give a talk? Like, yeah. dude is a little different. But well, what, what's what's on that list as well? Exactly. But what what what's the phrase? You know, normal people do normal things, right? One hundred percent. So, and so I think the cool thing about it, one of the many cool things about it, rather, is that we're seeing like, man, I don't care who you are, I don't care where you came from, I don't care, uh, you know, what your background is, what you look like. Um, at the end of the day, we're seeing that we that this earth is full of people who are capable of absolutely exceptional things if given the tools and resources to accomplish those things. And the tools and the resources are growing at an exponential rate to where we will have a society of doers moving forward. And then it, the only great divide that will continue to grow is the people that choose to do and the people that choose to do not. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that divide will grow. But but. Um, the ability for people to make a living, support their families, do wonderful and incredible things um, is going to just continue to grow. And and that gap is going to get short, smaller and smaller. And to me, that's a wonderful thing. Uh, and that's exciting. You it know? is exciting. Uh, it's purposeful, right? It's it, it, it gets you excited. And it's, you know, that fear reaction, you know, is, is listen, anything can happen. Yeah. You know, but we're here now. Be present. God's greatest gift was the present, right? Do you ever see the movie Don't Look Up? I have. All right. So for anyone who hasn't seen it, like, you know, turn the volume down for 15 seconds. But that <laughs> last that last scene where it's going down and there's a group of people sitting around a table breaking bread with one another, totally different people from totally different backgrounds with totally different professional, you know, experiences. And they're sitting there and they're breaking bread and they're going through that experience together. And it's one of the most poignant scenes of any movie I've ever seen. And to me, it's indicative of where we should be. Like, do I know I got hit by a car in high school? Mm -hmm. It was a 1996 Toyota Camry that hit me. Had it been a 1996 Dodge Ram, probably wouldn't be sitting here with you. By the grace of God, there go I. And so I not only survived, but but was out of the hospital very quickly. And here I am. That is pure happenstance. That could have been a semi-truck. If it was a semi-truck, I'm out. Like right. that would have been it for me. And so every single day is borrowed and in my opinion, uh, we were ransomed um, by, you know, our creator with his son. And that's what this time of the year we're looking at celebrating and, and whatever it is that you celebrate, like you have every right. But in my opinion, like, you know, he died for my sins so that I could live, be redeemed and have a shot at redemption. And that's why I'm here. I am not guaranteed of having that later today. I may walk out of this and a blade from a lawnmower across the street could fly across like what were those movies like Final Destination and end it for me. Right. So recognizing that that is the case and this is all borrowed, we're, it's going to happen one way or another. I believe like you do in an abundance mindset and something that I was talking to Emma about recently called asset-based counseling or, or therapy or whatever. Asset-based meaning rather than looking at the deficiencies in a product, in your life, in a relationship, in technology, let's look at the assets that mm. they bring. So it's a fancy way of saying like, Let's look at the positive things, double down on those, focus on them, and frankly, we'll all be a lot happier, which means we'll get along better, which means the world will be a slightly better place, which means these technologies will be powerful, robust ways for us to improve our lives rather than hurt one another. And so I don't know what tomorrow holds with anything, let alone AI or, or technology. But man, if I can let somebody who normally was working through the holidays and leaving at 8 p.m., mm. if they could leave at 5 and have some time back with their family and the things that really matter, because none of this does, as you know, I feel, that's pretty awesome. That's pretty cool. You know, it's so interesting that you say that. Last year, and I took a picture of this too as a memory, was um, I was at a coffee shop that I used to frequent uh, quite a bit. And uh, it said, open Christmas Eve, here are the hours. Open Christmas Day, here are the hours. Open day after Christmas, here are the hours. Open New Year's Eve, here are the hours. Open uh, New Year's Day, here are the hours. And I thought to myself that this is a badge of honor for this person, but I bet you they're not here. The person who put that sign up is not here. And guess what? I'm making my own coffee on Christmas Day. 
I don't want anyone going to work on Christmas Day. And that happens to be my position on it. But what you're saying is the same idea. Like, can we get some efficiencies around this to elevate these people to then, you know, are we going to be talking about a four day work week? I think we are. I think that's a real conversation that people are going to be having in the near future. Yeah. and, 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 And therein lies something you know, Chick-fil-A's close on Sundays because that's how they feel. Yeah. And that's that's how they want to operate their business. They're not saying every business on earth should be closed and right. how dare you be open. They're saying, you know, we've chosen to be closed on that day. So if you have a big business and there's people that that, that don't celebrate, you know, Christmas or, or things like that, that would that would rather work, then they have every right to do that, too. You know, and so I think they're from an efficiency standpoint. I mean, I could picture pulling up to Starbucks in a few years and you take your order, they take your order. There's one or two people in that whole building and there's machines doing all of it and you, they never forget your Splenda. You know what I mean? And so I, I think that that's absolutely possible. And I kind of, I kind of hate to see it only because, you know, I don't like going into McDonald's and placing my order on a machine. Right. There was a guy that if I was an artist, I could I could draw him that worked at the McDonald's near my parents' house when I was a kid that always had some ice cream for our dog and was just a joy to be around. And he was Jamaican, which in El Paso, Texas, there's not a whole lot of Jamaicans, mm-hmm. you know. And so and he was absolutely wonderful. And to be replaced by a machine that could work 24-7, didn't require benefits and all of those types of things kind of makes me sad. But to have made his life more efficient using technology in a powerful way, that's cool. But to eliminate, that is sad. But then be the change you want to be or you want to see. Well, that's right. I think there's human, and this is the, you know, this stems to the conversation that we started in the pre-call about the NAR lawsuit with the real estate agents and the need for this human interaction. Like there is an absolute human desire for human interaction. However, you know, are there some jobs that we could elevate people away from, you know, I love your, I love what you're talking about with the education. And I know, you know, I'm I'm using up a lot of your valuable time, but I want to definitely dial in uh, Emma, shout out to Emma and talk with her and even Dr. Joe, I'd maybe love to get Dr. Joe involved in that asset-based therapy. He would want to reframe it. He's all about the words, right? It's all about words really matter. He wants to do away with the word disorder, you know, but everything that every person wants one thing, they want to be valued. You know, he would he would encourage you to call that value based, right? As opposed to asset based. What are they coming with? They want value. They want to share their their value. A couple of things I want to ask you though, Inman, where is it? When is it? The Hilton ought to be there. Who needs to be there? Oh my gosh! If you are involved in any way, even tertiarily, uh, to the uh, real estate industry, it's the place to be in my opinion. Uh, the 23rd to the 25th of January, 2024 at the Hilton Midtown in Midtown Manhattan. Um, Inman has led the way on all things, uh, marketing and tech in the real estate space, in my opinion, for, for a long time now, you know, Brad created an organization and a, and a publication that was doing things that, that were kind of piecemealed in our industry, but it made one stop resource for all things uh, real estate. And so if you're a realtor, it's a no brainer. I started going as a title agent um, and, you know, I have uh, made so many connections there of thought leaders in that space. Every time I go there, I feel dumb. And Mark, as you know, like I love when I'm in a room and I feel stupid because the only way to get smarter is to feel stupid. And I feel really stupid when I'm at Inman, (laughs) you know, so like, yeah. And, and so if you're looking to grow your business, um, if you're looking to, to, to be a thought leader in your space, I mean, dude, by showing up there, snapping a few pictures and posting them to social people in your market will be like, oh, damn, he's there. Right. Like that's how influential that meeting yeah. of the minds is. And so, um, you know, I think anybody in the real estate space, but frankly, if you're a small business person, you could probably get a lot out of it too. Um, but the 23rd to the 25th of January of 24, Midtown Manhattan, man, I'm I'm excited. When I'm, you know, that's that's Mecca for me. I love I love Manhattan. Artificial authenticity will be the topic that El Paso Sam. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm so happy for you. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna mark it on my calendar. Uh, and then a couple other ones was Jasper. Is that Jasper.ai? Yep, it sure is. So you know, if it's free, it's part of me. Obviously, chat has lots of free versions. Jasper does not. It is pay to play. But Got if it. you're looking to take it to another level uh, with conversational generative, like 
Jasper's unbelievable. Cool. So uh, folks who are on your treadmills or walking the dog or doing the dishes, don't worry. Thomas will put it in the show notes. You can click right through on whatever uh, channel you are consuming this podcast. Um, yeah. So what else are you listening to? I mean, we're on a podcast here, Sam. What 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 stuff are you listening to currently that might uh, some of the listeners might want to test out? You know, what's funny is like I... Uh... <laughs> I've started trying to, I've always read nothing but nonfiction, right? Like always. And you know what? Like uh, I'm trying to expand my horizons a little bit. So I've started listening and consuming things to kind of entertain myself a little bit and remind myself that none of this matters because I can get upset new technologies and and, and strategy and, and things like that. And so I've actually, it's, it's kind of funny, but Theo Vaughn cracks me up. Great. And, one of the reasons I like listening to Theo's he's podcast brilliant. is that I don't know if he's brilliant or if he's not all there. I think there's a, I think there's a, like we were talking about with education, there's an uneducated brilliance in that mind. He is, yeah. he's curious. Yeah. Curious, not judgmental. One of my yes. favorite from Ted Lasso. And so Theo, you know, and I, and I think it, it, it is more along the lines of like, he's got a wonderful mind, Yeah, but he has a way of interviewing people that like breaks things down to where we can understand them. We can consume them in a meaningful way. And we don't get lost in a bunch of acronyms that yeah. none of us know what they mean. You ask somebody what CRM means in the sales space, you're going to get 10 different answers from 10 <laughs> different people. Right. Right. And that's right. just a basic one. But so many of these podcasts, I feel like if you get a little lost in something, you lose the main message because you're trying to figure out what they're talking about. And Theo has a wonderful way of not only obviously like making you just like laugh your ass off. Right. But also, he leads, you know, Malcolm Gladwell was on that. Malcolm Gladwell is a wonderful mind. If you haven't read 10,000 Hours, if you haven't read Mm -hmm. David versus Goliath, Mm -hmm. like, do it today. Um, David versus Goliath, shout out to Justin Tucker, like, you know, my absolute mentor in this business and in life. And he sent me that book, and it's just unbelievable. But if you haven't read Malcolm Gladwell, you should, but when he's on a pod, you get a mind like Malcolm mm-hmm. Gladwell on a podcast like Theo Vaughn, and you have mm-hmm. them sit there. And I don't care whether you are literally a brain surgeon or you're somebody like me who like has a little bit of education, but I know what I know and I know what I don't know, and I don't know a lot more than I know. Mm-hmm. And I don't care who you are, you're going to get something out of that podcast. And so I, I really like Theo. There's a long-winded way of saying I've been listening to him lately. Uh-huh. So um, my my kid turned me on to Theo. Which is great. So we share we share Theo because they won't listen to Smartless. I'm like, dude, these guys are really funny. This Smartless is is hysterical. But it's but it's too old for them. It's it's simply that tier of generation. It's like, uh, okay, Dad, you know, let's 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 dial it back. They're not that funny. And it's like, uh, you don't know funny then. Um, But then you know, drop the rope, right? Just drop the rope. Yeah, Smartless is is my go-to every Monday. I've uh, tapped into Theo Vaughn. I looked at that one um, with Malcolm Gladwell because I read that. We actually held one of our kids back based on, you know, one of his essays in Outliers. Is It was about the junior hockey uh, kids, and they're all January and February birthdays. And, yeah. you know, he was like, what is the, what, why are these kids all in the juniors? And because they got that better training and they, because they grew faster and they were recognized faster. And we finally were like, let's just drop the stigma and let's give this kid a, a shot, you know, and we held him not held him back, but held him to a point where we weren't rushing him into, into school. You know, he talks about, uh, he talks about Bill Gates in that book too, mm-hmm. right. Where like he happened to have access to a computer because somebody's dad worked at yes. IBM, something like that. And so he had a computer in a computer lab at his elementary and middle school or something when yes. nobody really, did. but so yes, he had this asset. He had this thing that, that was available to him that was not available to everybody. But not every other kid in that school became Bill Gates, nope. <laughs> you know, like it was Bill Gates who went right. and, and wore that thing out. He used it so much. And so, yeah. like, there's a lot about what's, you know, if you were born in the United States of America, you're already a one percenter globally. So instead of looking at yourself on a local or regional level, if you start looking at yourself like globally or universally, if you were born in the US, you are absolutely a one percenter, including if you were born in some rural place and don't have access to regular utilities and education and maybe had a really hard 
upbringing globally, we're still a one percenter. Right. And so start looking at it like that, and it, uh, it's it's pretty amazing, like what we can accomplish together, uh, rather than being divided. We're all in this together, and the people that realize that soonest and remember it most often, I think, are are some of my favorite people to be around. Me too. Do you remember what your go-to karaoke song was when we were on the podcast last time? You and Juice Snoop Dogg. It will never change. It man. will never change. I yeah. love it. I love it. I can't wait to I can't wait to experience it. And when you're going to be in Boston more, we're going to definitely see each other, and that's going to be be part of it. If a if a group wants to reach out to you and and get you on their stage and teach and share your wisdom how do they get in touch with you uh now elpasosam.com or risingtidementality.com I'm, I'm on all the the socials and stuff uh and i just you know i uh i'm just so grateful um i should be dead in a gutter somewhere and through the grace of god my family my friends uh business associates turned friends like you uh, and incredible people like Rich at FNF that said, you know what, like we're gonna we're gonna give this dude a shot, and I just cannot, um, I can't state strongly enough how much I appreciate all of those people in my life, and uh, and you're one of those man. I you know I I just the way you function and your your abundance mindset and the way you live your life, the father you are, the husband you are, the business leader you are, the boss you are, the friend you are, and the thought leader that you are. Um, I mean all of those things as you can, you know, people listening can't see my face. You can see it. And I mean that. And this time of the year, more than ever, I just want you to know that it means a lot to me. And so thank you. Uh, and, seriously. And, and, and for those folks who can't see me, I'm blushing. Thank you. And uh, ditto as well, brother. I uh, appreciate you. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing you in the real. And um, I can't, I mean, this 2024, let's go. Thanks for finishing go. this off. Yeah, man. You let's know, go. This is the last one I'm doing for the 2020. Is it really? Yeah. Nice. I may even start a new chapter or a new season or a new brand. Who knows? We'll see. What's 24? I don't know, but I'm ready for it. We're going to find out. Yeah, man. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being a friend, man. Appreciate you. Uh, I appreciate you so much. Let's do this. Folks, that's been another wonderful episode of Elements of Styles. If you thought of someone while we were listening, while you were listening, while we were talking, share it with them. Share it with anyone. Share it with everyone. Why not? Be well, folks. Hey, thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe on your platform of choice for a new episode each week and share this with everyone and anyone. If you have any questions or comments or have an idea for another guest, feel free to shoot me an email at mstyles at styles-law.com. That's M-S-T-I-L-E-S at styles-law.com. And if you are a real estate professional, be sure to check us out on our private exclusive Facebook page, The Real Estate School at 892 for content and Massachusetts continuing education opportunities. Be well, folks. This podcast is being provided for informational purposes only. The podcast is not a comprehensive overview of the subject and is not intended to provide legal or financial advice or an endorsement of any product or business. The views expressed by podcast guests are their own and their appearance on the podcast does not imply any endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Please seek legal, financial, or tax advice before taking any action on the matters or products discussed herein.